Hello and welcome back yet again to another edition of the Have You Seen podcast. I am your host, Mike Bibbins, on Twitter at Bibbs Corner and at Have You Seen Pod. Uh, this is the second episode of 2023. And, uh, you know, I'm off to a good start right here. I got two straight weeks, two straight reviews, two straight different people joining me and today joining me is the homie rollo gonzalez uh is it speak on it rollo on twitter i speak on it rollo yep you got it speak on it rollo on twitter host of 77 spaces on twitter uh you know most of my my connections online uh, crossover with the mavs fandom but uh, i'm glad to get you on here this is the first time we've been able to talk movies how how you doing today rollo Man, I'm I'm feeling great, bro. I really appreciate you having me on tonight, uh, today, and yeah, man, I'm eager to get to it, man. So, yeah, this is uh, this is gonna be fun. You know, I'm a huge horror fan. Would you consider yourself a huge horror fan as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say I probably lean horror a little bit more than most. Um, I don't know if you follow uh, uh, Reese Rebel Thirty One. Uh, that's Nat. She's been on Hoop Spaces a couple of times. She's a, a Celtics fan. She was running like a, a horror space for a while. So I was and Carla I was, or somebody else. No, no, that's Nat. Nat uh, Natalie. She was. Uh, she's been. Like oh a, yeah, Nat. Nat. I know Nat. Nat. Yeah. So I think I joined a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. So it's been, it was fun to, to join out, you know, uh, I've been on a couple of those. I would say probably I would lean for a little bit more. I, I just love movies in general, man. I worked a, a little bit about me. I worked at Blockbuster Video for, uh, you know, that, that's going to date you dating so. yourself? Like. Yeah, I'm dating myself. So yeah, I, I worked at Blockbuster Video. So I, I love video. I love movies in general. So yeah, man, I mean, I all kinds of, all genres. Uh, but I would probably say I probably watched horror a lot more. I, I love the suspenseful or, you know, thriller type movies. Those are kind of my favorites. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely get on board with that. And um, so here we have Megan. And <clears throat> I I don't watch trailers. So I didn't know a ton. I just knew it was going to be a creepy doll. <laughs> it was killing people. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much all I needed to know. You know, the original one that that messed me up as a child was Chucky, the child's play. Oh, yeah. um, I, you're old enough to remember my buddy, I would imagine. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, I do. I do remember the My Buddy dolls. Yeah. My parents got me to My Buddy doll and then let me watch Child's plays. Like they were setting, Whoa, set me yeah. up. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, they let me watch Jaws and took me to the beach. So, like, this is this is this is my childhood in a nutshell, right here. Well, I mean, full disclosure: I the first time I ever flew on a plane and uh, flying back, I watched Final Destination, the original. So there you go. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I, I follow I follow your logic there, the Bibbs logic of watching the horror movie and then getting on a you know plane afterwards. So yeah, yeah that's that's rough. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so let's get into Megan or M3GAN uh, is, is how you need to type it if you're searching it. Uh, Megan stars Allison Williams, who was also in one of my favorite movies ever, Get Out. She's also in one of my least favorite movies ever, The Perfection. Uh, mm. So this was going <laughs> to decide how I feel about Allison Williams after this one. Uh, also starring the, in the young role, Violet McGraw. I uh, knew she looked familiar. Uh, she was in The Haunting of Hill House. She was the little girl. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now I remember where she came from. Yeah, yeah. She was also in Black Widow. She played young Yelena. Okay. And she was in Doctor Sleep as well. 
Um, and I have some more info on her and we'll get into later. Uh, also starring Amy Donald as one of the Megans. So they have multiple actresses playing Megan for different reasons or di- at different points. Um, let me see here. I'm going to try to. I thought I had written both of them down, but I only wrote one down. The other one was Jenna Davis. So Amy Donald is the little girl. I think she did more of the physical stuff when she was small. But when they like were able to like the voice and all that good stuff, I'm pretty sure that was Jenna Davis. Gotcha. Uh, also star Jen Van Epps as uh, one of the co-workers. She was in Don't Make Me Go. She was in No Exit, which is a Hulu movie. And really a lot of smaller, smaller stuff there. And then uh, I'm trying to sing Ronnie Chang. That's the one I, the boss was Ronnie Chang. I've seen him in a few things. Crazy Rich Asians, Shang-Chi. Um, he's definitely, I've seen his stand up too. He's pretty funny. He's a pretty Perfect. funny guy. Um, not sure how I felt about him in this role, but we'll get into that later. Sure. <laughs> Uh, anybody else that we should, should add here? Um, I was trying to think about the parents, but I didn't look up who they were initially. I, I wanted to say the dad was recognizable, but I didn't, I didn't recognize him uh, right off the bat, which movie or movies he'd been on, uh, before, but they're yeah. deep in the cast list. Um, yeah, I'm a little, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. There's nobody else really worth mentioning, I guess. The main people were the the girl, the aunt, and Megan, basically, right. uh, in the movie. So the movie is directed by Ger- Gerard Johnstone. It's a fun name. He actually did, and wow, again, this is another one I should have written, should have written down, though. When I, I typically like the traditional horror movies, right? Okay. But I was introduced to the horror comedy uh, a few years back, like maybe five, six years ago. And I realized, like, there's a lot you can do with horror comedies. Mm-hmm. And one of the first ones that, like, put me on to that was a movie called Housebound. Okay. With- I've never seen that one, so I'll have to watch that one. It's, yeah. a, it's an Australian movie. And apparently it's by him. So that's a that's that's a fun little anecdote there. Uh, that one and then Tucker and Dale versus Evil were like the two that I watched like back to back. Tucker and Dale, that that one's a series, right? Or is that a movie? No, it was a it was a movie, and it was basically okay. like from the perspective. It was like a cabin in the woods movie from the perspective of the killers. Oh, okay. in this case, the killers were just two guys who, and it was just like a bunch of happy accidents that they were killing these people. So like. The kids, the teenagers that are in the cabin feel like they're being terrorized by these guys. But these guys are like just trying to like tell them, like, relax, like we're just regular people. And they keep like running into saws and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I'll Uh, check that one out too. That one is funny. And then Housebound was one where like the girl, a girl gets put on house arrest and she's like living with, I think she has to move back in with her parents when she's on house arrest and she believes the house is hunted. And then there's like a, I won't get into it too much because it would spoil it, but that was okay. a, that was a fun one. That was a fun one. I'll have to check them out, man. Definitely, I'll have to check both them out. And then finally, the writer. And I'm going to double check the writer, make sure it's not Gerard as well. No, Akila Cooper. 
and James Wan. And James Wan is definitely a familiar name. He did Saw, uh, Aquaman, Furious 7, The Conjuring. Like, James Wan is very busy. He's out, yeah. <laughs> very out there. Uh, Keela Cooper, I believe, did the original screenplay. Uh, she was a producer on Luke Cage. She did the screenplay for Malignant. I don't know if you oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's a co-executive producer on the new Star Trek uh, series that's coming out. So, again, a lot of people that have been around, that have been in things or been part of things that you are aware of that came together to put this movie together. Did you have any expectations going into this one? Um, no, I, I didn't want to set any expectations. Being, being like I, you had mentioned it earlier. About the you know the Chucky Chucky like the, the series of using an inanimate object right like a like a doll or a toy of some sort to to terrorize and 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 in this case what I what I liked about it and I know we'll get into it is the fact that she is a droid you know essentially you know it's a, it's using our advancement in technology and and using it to to that off uh, to that uh, census but I like the the fact that they were trying to market it to kids, make it like a, a, a toy, right. so to speak, you know, but it wasn't necessarily a toy. If you're, you know, at, like, like we said, we're going to get into it a little bit later, how much money you had, you had to spend to purchase it, you know, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, it was, um, I, I didn't want to place anything. I, I, I did kind of go the route that you did. I saw a couple of trailers, but I didn't really go through it. So to speak, I would see like, maybe like a, a, not a billboard, but something along those lines, like a still shot or something about the doll. So the doll by itself was creepy. Like, I don't, I don't know how you felt about it, but it's creepy as hell, you know? So yeah, I mean, by itself. So I I didn't want to put any um, thing on it. I just wanted to let the movie come to me kind of, so to speak, you know? And so I, I was really pleasantly surprised with how everything kind of turned out because again, going off of uh, what I had seen, I just thought, nah, you know, it's probably going to be like a Chucky style type, you know, uh, horror flick. Uh, but it really did kind of surprise me, especially in the emotional style, you know, the emotional uh, perspective that, that I, again, we'll probably get into here for pretty, pretty soon. So. Yeah. So did you see the child's play that came out a few years ago? No, not the re- not the remake. No, I haven't okay. seen that one. So I'll yeah. get into that a little bit later. But uh, yeah, so quick synopsis. A robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. And as you pointed out, there it's pretty much an AI. It was a like walking, talking, artificial intelligence. And we know the dangers of that. It's becoming more realistic and more of a reality now. So I think when you're making movies about artificial intelligence you get a more realistic uh these movies are more realistic basically like it's not something new necessarily but because we have we we are dabbling in it now we have a more real we can make movies that are more realistic and that will hit home harder for people because we actually are aware of the existence of ai and where it's going would you agree oh yeah definitely i mean that's the the whole thing, I know that they've had movies based around AI when you're talking about like The Matrix and you're talking about iRobot, you know, stuff like that. But I just like the the melding of of the horror aspect of this or the, the suspense thriller type aspect of this where they're incorporating it as as part of, you know, with a toy and a kid, right. you know, and 
again, like I said, going through the emotional, you know, side of things and how all of that ended up playing a big factor in the way this movie ended up going. So the first thing before, just to follow up on the AI thing, the child's play in 2019, it had Aubrey Plaza in it. And it's kind of almost a very similar situation, sort of. Uh, in this scenario, um, Aubrey Plaza has a son. And uh, we find out how the doll got corrupted early on um, in the movie. But basically, it's the same thing. The Chucky doll is an AI. Like, it's supposed to learn, and it attaches itself to a child, and becomes protective of that child essentially uh Mm -hmm. to a fault like it becomes too protective and i so personally because of that movie i was worried that you know if anybody saw that movie they would say you know this is too similar etc and so forth Mm -hmm. but that movie i don't think did very well because you know it's it's chucky like we're we're very aware of chucky and trying to do like a new a reboot of chucky make him more modern, it may or may not land. And I don't think that would land it at all. Um, no, especially when you come to look at the fact that they did a Chucky series, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the Chucky series, I think it's basically canon to the original Chucky, you know, the Chucky, you know, um, Chucky one, two, three, you know, Bride of Chucky, all of that. Yeah. So when you have that, you know, it's all kind of, that's all relative. And so, like you said, if you have that fresh on the brain, then bringing, introducing, or doing a reboot kind of messes with the viewer experience. I think they were probably trying to attract new viewers or bring new viewers to the to the Chucky experience. Right. But if a lot of us are familiar with the Chucky experience, so you know that we probably were just going back to what we knew, which is why I think the series was probably a lot more wildly successful than the actual movie re- reboot. And I didn't know it was. It was tied to the original canon. So that does make sense that people would, they don't want you to do it again, but different. They want to be part of, they want it to be part of what they already know. So that definitely makes sense. Um, For this particular movie with Megan, I'll add a note that I saw, which is uh, the movie was originally rated R when they first made it, but the creators realized it was close enough to be in PG-13 and they wanted uh, teenagers to be able to watch the movie because they thought it would resonate with teenagers. So they just took out some of the more gruesome stuff. Uh, I think they did a little bit of reshooting and like made some of the violence more off screen because they Mm -hmm. thought it was still effective without having to be seen, which I agree with personally. Um, So that was the interesting note. I wonder if they'll release like the, the rated R cut. Yeah, that that would be definitely interesting because that that was one of my critiques of this movie. Um, I didn't really realize that it was PG-13 and going into it being Blumhouse, you know, with Blumhouse, anything you're you're looking for. I'm looking for gore in this case, you know, (laughs) so um, that the deaths were even though, like you said, I agree, they were completely effective in how they were done and everything. um, And it was told off off camera you can definitely uh, tell that if it would have had the actual death included, right. you know, I think that it probably would have, you know, made a, a little bit more of an impact, I guess that at least for me, you know? Yeah. No, I, I personally am not a gore person. So I appreciated that <laughs> there wasn't a ton. Cause she was definitely going crazy. Uh, with some of these kills. 
I, I think I would have almost wanted to see the the one with the neighbor. Okay. Because I couldn't, I mean, I could tell what was supposed to have happened, but I couldn't fully tell. And I feel like that image would have been crazy if they mm-hmm. didn't show it. Because uh, she like did something to her with chemicals or something. But yeah, pressure water or something. I, I, I think that it probably, it could have landed either way. If they would have shown like like if the if if the uh, the main character the aunt would have gone over there to see and if they would have you know they would have been lifting quick. her body up yeah and yeah. The, you know the last phase you could see the face or whatever exactly that would have yeah that would have had the same type of impact I think anyway you know exactly like I definitely would have gone for that uh, so let's get into the actual story here so again we talked about it uh, Allison is it Allison or Alice goodness gracious. I think it's Allison. Yeah, Allison. Yeah. Allison Williams' character is a robotics engineer. And uh, we talked about it off cam. I forgot that it was off cam. So that's why we (laughs) hadn't got into it yet. But I missed the first couple of minutes of the movie. And apparently, in the first few minutes of the movie, they establish that um, her her sister and her sister's husband get into a car accident. They both die. Their daughter survives. So when we're introduced to uh, Allison's character, she is in the middle of trying to create the Megan doll, trying to make the prototype work so she can get it approved by her boss because it's really expensive. The boss just wants her to make some of some furry puppy doll toy something or whatever that she apparently had. Her heart's not in that, basically. She gets the call that she has to pick up her niece. And immediately, I was not feeling the, her, the aunt at all. Me neither. To the, to the little girl. Yeah, I agree. I wasn't either, man. Uh, she seemed very, very aloof, uh, very, very standoffish. Like if you when you know, when they introduced her and she's going to pick up her, her, her niece, she sees her niece on the stretcher with a with a thing around her neck and it just like, she doesn't have any emotion. <laughs> so right. I just, like she didn't, She's not concerned. She's not crying. She's just there. Like, yeah. like she's picking her up from school. Cause she wet her clothes or something. Like not, <laughs> exactly. not my sister just died and I gotta take care of a child. I wasn't expecting to take care of. There's no panic or anything. She's just there. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt. I was, that was the biggest for me. That was the biggest disconnect for me from the entire movie was how apathetic um, her character was right. to her, her niece through, throughout the entire movie. You know, so that was, I guess, my only the, the, my biggest critique of, of the movie. Other than that, so, you know. and I would agree. But I was going to ask you the question: mm-hmm. Is it possible that that is one hundred percent intentional? that she was that that way because think about it. She designed the doll to have all the emotional depth that she lacked. And I initially, when I was like, I'm, I don't know if she can't act or what, or if they just didn't think that she should be emotional. But as the movie goes along later in the movie, she does express human emotions <laughs> at some point, but up to that point, she basically designed the doll to be as her coworker says, the, or not the coworker, the therapist, like you've pretty much designed this doll to be a parent. Like we still want you to be a parent and connect with the child. You can't, she, if she connects with the doll and sees the doll as her authority figure, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. The attachment thing, right. It, right. You should create the attachment to the doll as opposed to 
her and right. she's the one that's supposed to be yeah exact I, maybe it was done by design you know um it could have been it also uh this is something that i was thinking earlier today it would also run the parallel of seeing how she was so emotionless and cold and megan by proxy when she was doing her killings and stuff was emotionless and cold so mm -hmm. she was that was part of her design you know yeah so but i i, I think that you know it could be by design. I just, that was the word, that was my hardest part of suspending my disbelief, right? Was trying to think of, even if you're the coldest person in the world, I, I can think of, right? Even if you're the coldest person in the world, you have no relation with this person at all. You know, I just go and I just see the things through my lens, right? So right. when I see things through my lens, it's like, even people that I don't even know, if they're going through a tough time, you're going to be somewhat empathetic. You know, I mean, so that was what was hard for me to identify with. And that's what made me dislike her character to begin with. Actually, mm -hmm. I actually disliked her character. I didn't. I, I wish she would have gotten killed in the, in the movie, <laughs> to be honest with you. you know? oh, OK, so here's I'm going to and I had to do some research real quick. Uh, what's her name? Taylor Schilling you, from Orange is the New Black. She had a movie that I saw at South by Southwest, and I'm trying to find it. They changed the name of it after it actually came out. Okay. The name of it when it actually came out was Family. Okay. And in the movie Family, Taylor Schilling plays like a corporate woman, like a very corporate, very business-oriented woman who does not care about her family, et cetera, so forth. Um, <clears throat> her sister has a, a daughter. And the sister's like, you know, me and my husband have to go out of town. I need you to take care of your niece for this like week or week. I think it was a week. And she obviously she has no kids. She does not actually care. She's like, you can take care of yourself. Right. Like pretty much she needs to do her business stuff and she just needs the kid distracted. And in the movie, the kid ends up running off to like uh, the, Ju the Juggalo Festival or something like that. Um the, for the insane clown posse for people that aren't aware uh, who like paint their faces and all that stuff. And they have like an external image that looks like what you would stereotype as being like violent and destructive and drugs and et cetera and so forth. But in the movie, they point out, you know, they're actually like a community and a family and they take care of each other and so forth. Like they're not, the outside image is not the reality of what juggalo culture is about, which I just thought was funny to make a movie about juggalo culture. But anyway, um, <laughs> I bring that up to say that movie was like the first movie I can really think of that I saw where a woman is not nurturing and is focused on the job. Like we've seen a million movies throughout the history of time where the dad or the father or the male figure is work, 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 work. I put bread on the table. I don't need to care about my kids. Like we've seen that a million times. So this is another movie that I think falls into that mode of now women. And then it's realistic. Women are business minded now too. And I think that in this movie, the idea was that she was so focused on her mission, her dream, her goal of creating this, this AI robot that would change the toy game and make her the biggest name ever that she could not even her brain just could not shut that off and become a mom all of a sudden. Mm-hmm until stuff started happening and then by the end she's supposed to now i don't know if she actually accomplished this but she's supposed to have grown 
and realize that she needs to connect with the little girl or whatever. Well, that's I, mean, I think that's what I think they tried to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned it, right? So this this goes to show you how scary Megan became, right? There towards, and I'm sure we're gonna get when Megan was talking to her and telling her, "Hey, look, you know, I don't want you to worry about. We're gonna be a family. You do what you you know what you wanted to do, <laughs> which was you're ambitious. You're a beautiful woman. You didn't want to raise a daughter anyway." I'll take care of that. You just continue, you know, providing. And so like she even manipulated and brought that up. You know, that was what was crazy about that movie was that, <laughs> you know, they actually identified in the movie right. that, you know, that aspect, you know, right. so. exactly. And that's why I said, like, as the movie was going, I was annoyed with her. And I was like, this is insane. Like, can we get a half a tear? Like, does she not care that her sister died? At least like, even if you don't, you're not connected to the kid, like your sister died. Like, what are we doing? Right. Right. Yeah. That, I, that's the, that's the thing, man. That was what was hard for me with her, you know? And, and so an, another part of me was thinking, well, we all process grief differently, right? right? So we all, everybody processes grief, grief differently. Like some people, you know, instantaneously hits you and you know, your you're tears and you just can't control yourself or whatever. Some people just bury themselves in work, right? right. So they can't, they, they can't do anything else but continue doing what they what what they know how to do right. and not want to deal with it. So that's the only avenue. And actually, my wife actually helped me get to that because I was at that point okay. where like this woman, I cannot understand how she has <laughs> no emotion, you know, but she was like, well, you have to understand that she's probably doesn't know how to deal with it, you right. know, so probably just buried herself in the only thing that she knew how to do, which was work. And so that made a lot more sense to me looking at it that way. You know, and I think one mistake then of the movie is that they don't make that clear like mm -hmm. maybe that speech with megan was supposed to have done that but like you got to give me bare minimum her like looking at a picture of her sister and like starting to get emotional and stopping mm -hmm. herself or something like like oh i can't believe she's no i gotta focus on the work like so give me something like that or something like she just simply, I don't know, she barely acknowledged that her sister died. Yeah. Or like a flashback, right? They could have done like a quick flashback. Them as kids or something? Yeah, them as kids. And, you know, you know, like you said, just a little tear starts to well up in her. And then she's like, I can't do it. You know, put the photo away and then go back to work. Right. You know, something like that. Anything like that would have been more than what they, you're right, what, than what they actually ended up doing. So you had to get the explanation towards the end of the movie before. And then obviously, like you said, the culmination of what of her redemption as far as emotional. But even then, we can talk about that. Was she really emotional or was it just more of a Bible? You know <laughs> what happened? You know, trying not to die at that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so let's get into Megan. So we're introduced to the fact that this woman has been skilled she created a robot in um <clears throat> college that she has in her office and she has like even in the little furry whatever it was thing like she put a little bit of technology in there but with megan she's trying to go all the way like this thing is gonna learn uh she's talking about like the command the things that parents have to do the little things throughout the day like reminding your kid to flush the toilet reminding your kid to wash their hands reminding your kid to brush their teeth the doll will do that like you won't have to do that and you could focus on the things that matter it's like no you need those little moments of being a parent but in her head because she's not a parent she's not thinking like that 
um, it was surprising to me how quickly everybody just jumped on board with a doll that was this this advanced. Like, how did you feel about that part of it? Yeah, like they didn't have an ethics committee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like talking about it. Like, okay, right. well, where where's where you guys draw the line as far as how far does this robot take? You know their responsibility away from them right. and and the robot undertakes everything so yeah i mean that was a big big red flag too but i think that the reason they were able to kind of cover that up a little bit with this um you know they, they were talking about how they stole a hundred thousand dollars to create yeah. megan you know and so i think they were under the gun of pressure to try to create megan and the boss just wanted to see something he right. didn't really care what it was he want, well, he wanted the cheaper Furby thing, whatever you want to call it, you know, that he wanted the cheaper version of that because it was costing too much. The original one was costing too much to manufacture. So right. he didn't, he wanted to see that. But then whenever they presented him with Megan and when they finally got around to actually showing the real Megan and what it could do, well, yeah, of course, every, he just saw dollar signs, you know, so that's that, true. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Let's get into some some details of Megan. So it starts out it it pretty much was wrong from the beginning, and mm-hmm. there were so many warning signs that they needed to shut this down quickly. Um, I'm trying to think like what was one of the first things that that she did that was like, yeah, this is gonna get bad. Um, I think it was just the fact that she was overhearing conversations, even though you know the I, I remember specifically the aunt had to tell her Megan shut off, you know, like basically, right. or you have to, not only do you listen to, to Katie, you have to listen to me too, you right. know? So, and then that, and you, you got the slight pause, right? You got the slight pause from the inanimate object. And then it was like, okay, you're my secondary user, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but it was like, you could feel the tension of the hesitation. Like, I don't know for you, man, it was, it's, it seemed like a millennium to me, but it was like, how the hell is this thing not listening to me and being like, okay, it is yes, yes, basically like yes, master, yes, you know. But I love, yeah, I love the voice. I love the sarcasm. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, the snappiness of the doll was like great, and it's like so you're just gonna go back and forth with this doll and just think that this is normal. Like that's cool with you. Like the, the few times where she like turned it, told it to turn off, and like it, it hesitated or whatever, like or it pretended to turn off. It's like exactly. uh, you're not noticing this. Like what what are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. So that's when that was the first telltale sign to me. It was like, uh, how are you not picking up on the MN in danger that's around the corner? Like, it's like you yeah. can't tell that something's worse could come along, yeah. you know? And like, going so, back to that one that you mentioned, I think were they like sitting at like a table or something and she was <laughs> talking to the niece and like Megan interjected. Yep. She was like, Megan, you, you don't, don't, don't talk to like, like, we're this is a human to human conversation. Like, you know, and Megan's like, oh, I, my bad. I ain't mean to do what I like. She was mm. like going toe to toe with her. It's like, all right, let's, let's shut this doll down. Like, you're talking to her like she's a regular person. Exactly. Um, my favorite feature of Megan was the emotional state detection. Yes. She could like detect people. And like, there are a few scenes where you can't really see it. But like there were it played to great effect, especially near the end of the movie mm-hmm. when when she's the final fight scene and like she's detecting the little girl's emotional state. And she's like when she's detecting the emotional state, she's trying to figure out how to change it, basically. Mm-hmm. Like this goes back to when, when she's first introduced and the girl's sad and she like sings her the song and all that good stuff. Like 
So in the end, the girl, it's like fear, anger, you know, anxiety. And then the little girl, fantastic actor, by the way. Um, I'm going to get into that in a minute. Um, changes her emotional state to like trust and sa da da, and like initially I got scared for a second. I thought it was about to be a Get Out situation. Mm-hmm. Alice's character, where the the scene in Get Out when she comes down the stairs with the keys, and Daniel Kaluuya's character is like, "Give me the keys," and she says, "No." Like I threw my popcorn in the theater. Like I <laughs> I was in the front row. bro but i like threw my popcorn bag like oh no i can't believe it so if the little girl had turned against her aunt and went with megan at that moment i would have been the same type of thing but i was hoping for it bro i was hoping for it oh because you you didn't like the art that's right yeah it was yeah i mean even even till the end right like for me her emotional it took a slap right it took her niece to slap her in the face to make her realize wake up (laughs) yeah yeah it was just like how are you gonna wait until you get smacked by your niece to have some type of reaction you know then so then of course i go my way right so like for me growing up if i I would never hit my parent right and uncle what i would get killed you know what i'm saying so like you know for me like to see that it was just so i was I, i was there i was like this girl is about to turn on her aunt and together they're you know this is gonna end like horribly but i thought horribly but wonderfully at the same time because it was just like uh um i don't know if you ever saw brightburn but however how, yeah. how it ended you know where it was just like it wasn't a happy ending and i think yeah. that too many movies end with happy endings you know and I, i'd like to see like a continuation or a movie that a continuation movie that doesn't necessarily have a happy ending and we go into another which this exactly. can go that way you know so exactly so <clears throat> so initially i thought she was manipulating megan but mm-hmm. it turned out i think that she had just realized that she trusted the other robot mm-hmm. and that's why her facial expression changed and that's when she like starts using the the uh the gloves and like fighting yeah. so that was a fun scene um yeah. <clears throat> i enjoyed the i enjoyed that uh the little girl violet mcgraw I knew she looked familiar, and I was wondering if she was the girl from the Black Phone. Did you see the Black Phone? No, I have not seen that one yet. I, I actually have that one on my list to watch. So, so every year since 2019, I do like my awards list, and one of the awards I created was like best young actor or actress. This is for people under 18 or 18 or under, is how I listed it. And I believe that kid actors don't get enough credit a lot of time. And that's why I want to make sure I recognize them. So I haven't done my awards for 2022 yet, but I am like 99% sure I'm giving it to the little girl from the black phone. So after the movie was over, I looked and I saw the name and I was like, Violet McGraw. I was like, I'm pretty sure the girl from the black phone is Madeline McGraw. Like, did she, is her name different? Da, da, da. And then I looked, they're sisters. They're sisters. Okay, cool. Madeline that's- is a little bit older. Okay. That's um, awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. They have talent in that family, man. They're yeah. really good actors, you know. They, they have a brother that also acts. Uh he's the twin of Madeline. Um, so that's that was cool to see. And I think I recognized her face from uh either what what movies did I just say she was in? Oh, definitely Haunting of Hill House. 
because I remember they did interviews with the kids in the Haunting Hill House, and people were like, was it scary filming them? And it was like, well, we knew they were actors, so no. Like, <laughs> y'all are seeing it played up and cinematically, like, we're knowing that that's Johnny wearing, like, a costume. Like, we're not, right. we're not tripping. Um, <clears throat> so what else was she in that I wanted to mention? Oh, Black Widow. She played young Yelena. So those two would have been fresh in my mind. But um, I thought she did a great job. I had a lot of fun with her character as well. Do you have any other thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, so her, um, again, mine more or less about the ants, you know, in relations to her. Like, I thought that she did great as an actor, you know, holding her emotions or trying to deal with her emotions. I thought that she did wonderfully whenever they did that presentation, you know, with uh, Megan. You know, and she started crying and then Megan went in and, and actually consoled her and, you know, asked her about the, the memory of her mother and, you know, kept it, uh, you know, as, as, a, as a keepsake, you know. And so for me, it was just that great whole scene. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, it was a great scene because she was you can it, it made me believe that she actually, you know, felt that way about her mom being gone and the, the fact that she'll you know, forget her mom and and all this. I mean, like you said, kid actors don't ever really get high praise for what they do. That's got to be tough to be able to be in the moment so emotionally and so raw and, and crying about it, you know, as if you really lived through it, you know? Right. So I mean, that's one of the biggest scenes. But again, mine is just like, like I said, the slap, you know, slapping her hand, you know, having the audacity, right? But it was <laughs> because she was throwing a temper tantrum, like right. a big temper tantrum, because she wanted to see the, the doll because she was so attached to the doll. So, right. again, it's just another emotional, you know, thing. It's an emotional. Uh, she had, a, uh, the, out of everybody, she had the most emotional scenes. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, she, her emotions sw swung very quickly. Like, she had to be really sad. She had to be mad and angry. Like, she has the outburst in the car where she's, like, kicking the seat and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like she had to display a range of emotions throughout the movie, and I thought she where I thought the aunt probably stayed stoic the entire time, right? right. Until like, the very even, she was, even when she was emotional, she was still barely giving us anything. Exactly, you know. And so I feel like I mean, this, honestly, the young girl ran circles around everybody in the movie. To be honest with you, you she know, other, yeah, other than maybe Megan, but even then, the doll was the doll. You know, I mean, it was <laughs> you know maybe it was the stunt double that was doing the actual action scenes. And then the, the voice, the person doing the voices and stuff, um, having to connect emotionally that way. But other than that, she's, she was the star of the movie, in my opinion. The, the, the young girl was the star of the, of the entire movie. And she did, she did surprise me with the, you know, the, the gloves and then protecting her aunt right. at the end. She really did surprise me because, again, I would not have blamed her if she would have been like, <laughs> okay, I'm tag teaming with the robot to take my aunt out and we're going to go figure yeah. stuff out our own you know so i was listening to a podcast recently just literally today where they talked about um it was a 10 year old girl who went missing and they believe she ran away from home and um basically the idea that she was very independent and she was mad at her dad uh who like had her for the weekend or something and he was fighting for custody and so he said, you know, if I don't get custody and you don't want to if you don't want me to get custody, I might not see you again. And she was like, OK. And she left like without him realizing it. Um, wow. And the, I, they think that she probably was trying to go back home to her mom. 
but like a kid not thinking of the consequences of doing something like that is what what that reminded me of what you're saying like so it would have been realistic for her to side with the doll in that moment um with that said going back to chucky the scene that always stuck with me was when chucky's like beating up the the woman i can't remember if it's the mom or aunt in the in that scenario either actually now i think about it um, i think it's the mom if you're talking about the original it was yeah, the, the, mom. OG, yeah. the og the yeah. og so like there's the scene where he's like the kid has the upper hand on chucky and can take him out mm-hmm. and chucky's like i thought we were friends till the end pal <laughs> like the kid is like this is the end friend and like does whatever like hits the button or whatever it was i can't remember exactly so we got that moment with with that scene with the little girl like this is the end friend i was hoping for it and we got it um i don't know if it was a direct homage but it was it was very similar like in that moment where the doll tries to like appeal to her as she's killing it um so that was great uh we're getting close to your time so i don't want to hold you over what is the one scene that stuck with you the most in this movie or one scene that you think people will be talking about? Um, I, I can mean, go first I, if you want me to. I, I mean, I will. I, I, I don't know if there's really one scene. I think the kills individually, because uh-huh. I mean, if you want to talk about it, you start with the dog, which we don't. You know, we don't ever know what happened to the dog. She just tells <laughs> the neighbor what happens to the dog. Right. So. Yeah. And then that bratty kid that, you know, every one of us in the theater, even though we wouldn't admit it, we would have <laughs> wanted something or maybe not that. I bad. didn't expect it to go that south. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure my mouth was like wide open for a while. Like they really did that. I think that Megan probably didn't intend for him to die. I think that he, she, her intention was probably rip out his ear and like teach him a lesson. Right. But then he. He was running away, right? And in the act of running away, he stumbled and fell down the whatever. And then, you know. Right. Like she couldn't got, have known that the, she couldn't have timed the car being there like perfectly. I, I mean, but could she? I mean, but she could. But she they mentioned that she had the GPS and all that. Good right. stuff. Like she knew the hill was there. But again, right. like, I don't know how how good she was with the car. Now, going back to that scene, though, when she got down on all fours and started. That was running, crazy. That yeah. was, I was like, oh, yo, like this is <laughs> this is different. <laughs> that was that was definitely crazy because then that was for me. I think that was the first time I actually like if you want to say you actually sense fright right from an from an, from that inanimate object. You were al- already kind of getting spooked out by her different things that she'd done or said, you know, previously or whatever. Right. And like you said, she's even she had gotten to the point where she was talking sassy to right. people, even the. <laughs> You know, even her friend and then everybody else, he was just talking sassy, but she hadn't actually just been downright like, like horror filled, you right. know, like you're like, you're real like, oh, shit, I need to be afraid of this thing, <laughs> you know, and that was when she got down on all fours and started galloping towards <laughs> that, you know, that kid. I was like, oh, and like I said, I didn't like the kid. Uh, you know, I would have been happy with his ear being ripped off and he would have been, you know, that would have learned his lesson. But I could see how if I would have been the kid in that situation, I would have been running my ass off, too. And probably something like that would have happened to me, man. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that scene was crazy. The only other one I'll mention is the hallway scene when she gets the boss mm-hmm. and she like does like the stunts. And I was like, what is happening right now? Like starts dancing. I think that she was trying to be sassy. 
like trying to be like, oh, you wanted me. Oh, yeah, uh, you're yeah, trying yeah. to command me. You know, you're trying to tell me what to do. So then she starts doing her little dance. You know, the, the, the what is it? The one, the cartwheel or the whatever yeah, you call it. The cartwheel thing. I was like, what is what is happening right now? Like, this is yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. That was fun. But it, overall, uh, I enjoyed the movie. Sounds like you did end up enjoying yeah. it. Um, yeah, man, I, I love the movie. I thought it was great. I, I see a situation <laughs> where they could carry it into something else they already said they're doing a sequel like the movies already made more money than they expected it to so sequels happening nice did you want to talk about that or you just are we trying to i mean i know we've talked a lot of spoilers on this you know i know you said uh you had to go so i don't want to i don't want to hold you hostage it's 605 right now Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. I better run. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me, Bibbs. I appreciate you, man. No, thanks for joining me. This was a lot of fun. I'll definitely get this edited now as soon as possible. All right, man. We'll holler at you later. All right. Take it easy. See you. Bye. All right. So Rolo had to go. Uh, like I said, he's the host of 77 Spaces on Twitter and they're doing a pregame show. So I definitely did not mean to keep him as long as I ended up doing. But again, I'm trying to keep my ratings off of here, but I enjoyed the movie. I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to, to whatever the sequel looks like. So until next time, folks, peace. (laughs) 